Hey, welcome. Eight minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Graphs has sent us Garson, and uh, he has brought in a, a neat little uh, package here and a couple of firearms. We'll talk about that. Uh, I'm pleased to uh, also tell you that uh, we have the head of the CPOA right here, Dale Roberts, in our studios. Good, Good morning, morning, sir. All right, so um, if you're a prepper, this is the package for you. Is this the sort of thing you should like keep in your car? Well, if you're a prepper, this isn't even a starter kit. <laughs> it's not even a starter kit. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you're a casual, um, casual outdoorsman uh, and need to have some some survival tools at your disposal... This is a this is a nice entry level kit. All right, so it, does it come in a in a kit like a plastic box or is there a? All right, so it does. Yeah, it it this, comes has this giant orange box here. Yes, it does. Oh, it's Smith and Wesson. Smith I didn't Wesson. catch yeah, that when you brought it in. This is from Smith and Wesson. Because that's a um, nice case. An indiscreet colored case. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah big glowing uh, orange. Uh, it, it's like the old Mossberg just in case shotguns. And glowing orange. Um, All right, so uh, in it I see there is a. Uh, is this a three fifty seven or thirty eight? What do we have here? It's thirty eight, no? Oh, no, it's a three fifty seven. It is. It's, it's a th it's a model three sixty. Model three sixty Smith and Wesson, um, again with an indiscreet uh, colored grip. That safety uh, orange. Stevie Wonder would miss. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's not a. It's a, it's a pretty uh, pretty nice uh, weight to it. It's it's yeah. not. I thought that was Hooters orange, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> Where is your mind this morning? I, I, I swear to I you. get my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. Hey, I brought in fat pills. That's, I did the best I could. <laughs> uh, all right. So it comes naturally with this. Now, um, it also comes with a knife. It comes with a bunch of stuff. Well, it's not an ordinary um, knife, though, is it? This is... It's a survival shovel, it's like knife, a shovel. trowel, root saw. It's got a ruler on it. It's oh, got a serrated yeah. edge. What? It's yep. got a sharp edge. I'm. A, this is what for cutting rope. Uh, rope or seatbelt cutter. Oh, seatbelt cutter. That's that's interesting. Um, and uh, it fixed blade. It's got a paracord handle. So if you need the paracord for something else, um, you can unwrap the handle and make a spear out of it, or pull the innards out and try and make a fishing line. And then at the front of the case that this uh, comes with, there is a a, a flint. Yep. And you're supposed to strike this one on the side of the knife? Yeah, any steel uh, will let you spark that up. There's a safety whistle on the end of the flint. So you got a whistle, a flint for starting a fire. And you've a nice, got a knife. And a nice little belt pouch. A uh, belt pouch. You've got a revolver, 357. Yep. But that's not all. That's not Just all. wait. There's so all, this, all, this, uh, all these uh, accessories are also made by Ultimate Survival Technologies. Um, we've got a signal mirror. Uh, yep. What is the star in the middle for? Um, I don't know why it's a star, but you're supposed to... So if you see something in the distance, like a plane... This will help you to you, zero you look in. Through, you look through the hole in the mirror and then move the mirror up and down as you're looking at it. That way, you're, you've got some reference point to aim at whatever you're trying to get help from. Lightweight, virtually unbreakable signal mirror with precision aiming system. Works even in overcast conditions or at night with moonlight or other light sources. Um, that comes in the kit. Yep. But wait, um, there's more. There's more. That's Live and learn cards. So they got a step-by-step -step instruction manual for building a shelter. In case you so were you're, not a Boy Scout. So yeah. this this doesn't like open up into a shelter, but it teaches you how to build <laughs> one. You know, you never, you never can tell. That'd be nice. Yeah. All right. So you just, but it shows you how to get brush and sticks and 
Yeah, that's fairly useful. Um, a little less useful is this waterproof notebook and a pencil. Um, not really sure. I mean, I guess the paper would be useful as tinder. Um, waterproof notebook. So if you wrote something on here and it got wet, I guess it it, it, it would... Uh, not dissolve or it would not dissolve or turn into... So that's the only thing I don't know why is in here. But, so, uh, <laughs> so if everything else fails, you've got a way to write your last will and testament. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> so on to more useful things. Uh, uh, LED headlamp. All right. So this is something you could strap on your head. Yep. Or someplace. Um, tight light LED headlamp. That's neat. It's got a little, the batteries in it. it yeah, it's not. Probably, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, little, okay. yeah. All right, but wait, there's more. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> a watertight survival kit that has a compass, survival towel, survival blanket, um, a watertight case, and a four-inch light stick. And this then changed. A, yeah, it's got a lock on it, and there you go. There we go. Uh, and everything I hope is... I you can get that back in Look there. at a little compass in there. That's cute. <laughs> That's great. Um, and what is this in here? Uh, survival blanket, survival towel. Ah, and a light stick. Ah, in case the flashlight. A silum stick. Okay. And, and then a first aid kit. Uh, we got bandages, um, butterfly closures, gauze, um, more of the cards that uh, explain how to provide first aid, uh, and some tape in an, also in a waterproof case. Well, certainly that's all there is. That, that's everything. <laughs> that's it. Um, oh, there's a gun lock in the case. Oh, so, you know. but wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, and it includes a, a gun lock. All of this in one kit. Um, and, and how much is this thing? Uh, I mean, it's basically what the gun costs. Um, where we got, where are we at on this guy? Uh, $699.99. All that for $699.99. Well, that seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah. You know, there, and, and collection of stuff. Yeah. Even if you just left this stuff in the car sans the firearm. It could be a, a handy little... Yeah, get get a small little uh, waterproof pouch, throw that in the boot by your spare tire, and and it'll be there when you need it. Yeah, not a bad idea. And you, and, then, and then they throw in a three fifty seven. <laughs> Can you go wrong with that? Got to have that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm all for being prepared. Yeah, I, I like the kit. I really do. Um, and then you also brought another three fifty seven, uh, And this one uh, is lighter than... Yeah, that one's a lot lighter, but it's also quite a bit more expensive. Uh, this one's eight sixty-five. Yeah. Also Smith and Wesson. Also Smith yeah. and Wesson, but this is the uh, three sixty PD instead of a regular three sixty, um, and that's the air light instead of just the air weight. Um, so I, I you're actually the... better off with this kit. You get <laughs> you get a three fifty-seven. Um, it, it, it weighs a little bit more than this, but it's still pretty light and then you get this entire kit on top of that yeah oh yeah this is definitely much much lighter than the than a steel frame j frame and uh but just just as an example of how much lighter that is i brought that to compare it to but still i think it's a steel <laughs> now here's the now usually and and dale will will back me up on this garson brings in one of these things and i ask him you know do you have any more of these in stock and right. he says no, this is the only one, and it won't be there until Monday. Right. Because, I mean, we've heard that song for a year now. Oh, yes. I'm here to advertise it, but you can't have it. Yes. At least not today. At least not today. However. One time only. One time only. That's right. Well, as it gets busier, you know. So, um, 
this kit? Is this the only one you have? It is the only one we have. Gee, do people have to wait until Monday? Not not this Saturday. Not I, this Saturday. Not this Saturday. You're going to bring this down to, to grab? Yeah, i got to go into work, so it's going back with me. So, you, so they can buy this today? They can buy this today. Wow. Can they make arrangements like a deposit over the uh, phone or something? And Probably. Yeah, just call the store. Say, uh, Garson is bringing this kit in. And Actually, this yeah, the store's open now. Uh, we're on holiday hours, so we're open an hour later and close an hour early uh, for parts of July and August. Holiday hours? Boy, that must be nice. Summer, summer hours. Oh, okay. It's too hot and it's slower in the summer because everyone's out shooting. All right. All right. So there you have it, folks. Uh, an entire kit, uh, and it's, it, you know, it strikes me as pretty good value. Yeah. Uh, all the way around. Uh, and there are things in there that you never know. Great selection of stuff. You bet. Um, if you, you know, like my wife has no sense of direction at all. She could use the compass just to get out of the garage. Uh, <laughs> poor Gwen. I love her. She, wow. You know what? She is absolutely perfect in so many ways. And that her was one, the last time I saw Gary. <laughs> <laughs> her one flaw is she has no sense of direction. Uh-huh. That's the, I mean, all in all, if you married somebody and that's their only flaw, it's pretty damn good. Oh, absolutely. But she could get lost in a phone booth. All um, right. So, who if, knows? Maybe if the she compass. could find a phone booth. Well, yeah, if I led her to it and then left her to her own means, she'd be circling around for days. I was just saying they don't exist I am a anymore, dead man. Do you realize that? For, just yeah. for a laugh, I have just put my life on the line. Don't go home for the weekend. Yeah, you got an extra room over at your house because I gonna think I'm going to need it. You yeah, bet. You can sleep with the dogs. All right. Um, <laughs> if you got questions, we got answers. Eight seven. And by the way, I'm just kidding about Gwen. Uh, honey, I, I mean that. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> 874-9390, toll free 800 Five two nine five five seven two. You <laughs> don't deserve her. You're a lawyer. Brian you? better be yeah. ready to host the show Good. on Monday. Gary Nolan Zimmer Radio Network. Twenty two minutes after the hour. Brian, I did it this time. What did you do? She was listening. She was listening. Uh oh. She sent me a text message. Gary's in trouble. And during the she said she said the garage door will be open for you. Make yourself at home. <laughs> Something about a pillow under the car. I don't know. Okay. I think that's where I'll pal. sleeping now. <laughs> During the break, Gary asked me if I do divorce work, and I said, yes, but I'm going to represent Gwen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My luck. My luck. Absolutely. All right. That, uh, Your Honor, is, uh, that, uh, that is uh, Dale Roberts uh, from the CPOA. Garson is in from Graffs. Uh, we just talked about a great kit that uh, he has that's... Uh, Really kind of a neat thing to have in the house, or the car especially, I would think. Uh, in the meantime, uh, some more stupidity. Um, and this one is from Illinois, no doubt, uh, no surprise. Uh, they have added uh, regulations for gun stores that business owners have said are too burdensome. The law requires gun owners, including pawn shops that want to sell firearms, to have a state license on top of a federal license. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, or uh, B-A-T-F-E. I call them, burn them and turn them to fire, but that's because I was around when <laughs> Waco was uh, yes. happening. Uh, well. Reported in June that there were 2,351 licensed dealers in Illinois. Illinois state police officials said that 1,140 applications for state licenses were submitted that's a difference of 1,211 or more than half of the federally licensed dealers in the state. However, it's unclear how many of those 1,200 uh, or so uh, federal license holders are 
brick-and-mortar retailers, the vast majority of dealers uh, impacted, are expected to be small operations. Several gun stores have announced that they plan to close because of the new law. Quote, as we expected, this was never about accountability or regulating an industry. It was about driving gun dealers out of business and making it harder for people to have access to their Second Amendment rights. Uh, Federal Firearms Licensees of Illinois Executive Director uh, said, uh, I am thrilled 1,100 gun dealers have applied, said uh, State Senator Don Harmon, a Democrat from Oak Brook, who sponsored the measure. I think it's a real success. So his measure of success is the number of gun dealers that thought these two onerous regulations um, aren't worth staying in business over. He's actually happy. His barometer is these businesses have closed up. That's sad, and especially when you look, I, I wish I could come up with the number offhand, but the revenue from gun sales in this country, um, there's a paper out called Firearms and Ammunition Industry Economic Impact Report 2019. Um, and it's a, you know, multi-million dollar industry. Uh, I'm looking at their page now. The, the number of jobs in that industry directly involved in the industry are 140,156 jobs and the economic impact is 21,361,163,600 dollars from firearms and ammunition sales so i don't know how much of that occurs in illinois but if you're shutting down businesses you're depressing your economy. Yeah, but you know what they would say to that? They'd say you're talking dollars and cents, and we're talking lives. Oh, sure. Yeah, right. That's the emotional argument. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they would say. And they would make you look like some kind of a greedy, vicious, cruel conservative. Yes, good point. And, and they won't talk about how many lives are saved because people can defend themselves and protect, them, protect their family. Yep. Yeah. But that sort of thing will impact graphs even. Because people all over the country buy from graphs. Yep. We, have a, uh, we actually we have a graph truck route uh, through Illinois to Indianapolis. Do you really? Yep. I don't want to know, you know, like the license number or anything like that, but uh, I am curious, um, do they have a problem with Illinois law when they're carrying that kind of ammo? Or? Um, no, nothing about the ammo, and we don't transport firearms on the truck, so um, I, we just have to drive, what, 55 miles an hour through Illinois? <laughs> so if you're behind a truck, no. Um, it, it just, but if, if they're driving those businesses under in Illinois, that hurts bottom lines for companies outside of Illinois like Grafts. Uh, I imagine the same is true in California. Sure. Uh, where they're, you know, passing this, these draconian laws about buying ammunition. And it, the, it, the impact is only going to be felt, by and large, by honest, law-abiding gun owners. Oh, sure. Because they're not going to drive to the state line. They they, there's no skin in the game for them to go drive to the state line to circumvent the law to buy all the ammo they want. Well, and that and I thought um, the problem with all the guns in Illinois, or Illinois was because of Indi in Indiana. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yep. So why are they regulating their own gun dealers when all they should be doing is regulating Indiana gun dealers? Yeah. One wonders why the state of uh, Indiana isn't just one firefight from hell. Um, <laughs> well, because it, according to the Chicago and, and the Democrats, that's where all the guns are coming from. So why is that violence that's uh, being witnessed in Chicago 
being not, witnessed in Indiana? Yeah, good question. You'd, you'd think if it was the gun itself, hell, they don't even have to drive out of state. They can just commit crimes, just walk and out into a field and find one or something. Yeah, yeah they're, like, they're growing them in the grass. I don't know. They the again, their arguments never hold water. They never, when you look at them, even give them a cursory glance. Right. Their their arguments fall apart, and yet people buy into them. It's because it's, it's for the children. All right, in that case, I'll just say oh, whatever you say is right. Uh, and that's, you know, that's almost what's going on. We had a woman that used to call here on occasion. She was, uh, I think she was a part of the Million Moron Mom March, and she's <laughs> part of the uh, uh, Bloomberg, what is that, Smart Town or... Uh, Every Town? Every Town. Every Town, town USA. For, yeah. And she would try to debate. She can't hold water. She Everything that she says is so blatantly wrong that you can expose it in seconds. And yet, she's out there still plugging for it to this day, as far as I know. Uh, it's beyond me how these people can be so damned gullible. Uh, but in Illinois, they're happy. They're running dealers out of business. And that literally is their barometer for success. Hard hard to understand how they, uh, how they can... Uh, Literally uh, feel that way. 874-9390, the toll-free number, 800-529-5572. I've been seeing some stories in the news about people who've been defending their homes using AR-15s. I read a bunch of stories last week. There was just another one uh, a, a couple of days ago where they're using an AR-15 uh, for self-defense in the home. And that's another one of those, gee, it's supposedly a military weapon. Right. Uh, you never use it for self-defense. Nobody um, uses them to hunt. Yeah, and yet they are using them for just that, and I'm seeing it more and more often. I've noticed that, too. Isn't it strange? Yeah, it just seems, in the past couple of weeks. Seems like suddenly we're hearing these stories where people are using AR-15s for self-defense. I think that goes a long way uh, toward dispelling that it's a military weapon, weapon of war argument. Right. All right. We got more, much more. Carry on guns, 93.9 Eagle, 35 Imagine minutes. if you could sign... Pardon me. You didn't hear that, did you? No. What? Uh, I didn't hear that. Huh? 35 minutes after the hour. We're professionals, Oop. folks. Do not try this at home. 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. You got a gun question, uh, give us a call, 874-9390. Toll free, it's 800-529-5572. Caller called up and didn't want to go on the air, but wanted to know about uh, Missouri's medical marijuana law and how that applies to uh, uh, concealed carry. And there are some problems if you're a concealed carry permit holder. And you get a medical marijuana license. Uh, 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 well, even filling out a 4473. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, wh one of the first or main problems that occurs is, although the use of that drug, that substance drug, may be decriminalized or lawful under Missouri law, it's still illegal under federal law. So when you fill out the 4473, which is the form you fill out to purchase a, a firearm from a dealer, it asks... Are you an illegal drug user or do you use illegal drugs? I can't remember how they framed the question. If you say yes, they're not going to sell you a gun. If you lie and say no, first of all, you've lied you're on... You're in more trouble now. Yeah, you're in more trouble. You've lied on the federal form. That's a sworn statement. Yep. It, it's treated like as... lying a, under oath. Exactly. And, you know, the government, in theory, can, you know, track those two sets of records and compare them... Now, 
you know, Missouri law is supposed to have some level of protection for people. And, uh, you know, at some level, I, I'm not confident in the government's ability to track information and get things done. But it's, but it's a federal offense. If they manage to do it, it's, you've got a problem. What if you, um, you get a prescription for medical marijuana and you use it to resolve whatever your your issue medical issue is and you already own a firearm and you have a concealed carry permit what happens then your honor if you already have the per- if you already have the permit and you already have the gun the the prohibition uh you know obviously you've got the permit that the prohibition comes from the federal government about being an illegal drug user but technically or in reality, in, in, in the way it happens, I mean, there's not much of anything to trip you up um, until the next, until you decide to buy another gun or I'm trying to think what else. Um, because the law tells us when I fill out a 4473, it goes, the, the FBI is the agency that does the background checks on behalf of the ATF. And the law says once they've done that background check, they dispose of it. They don't keep a record of it. Do you believe that? Well, I, you know, at some level I kind of do, if only because the number of firearms, you know, 4473 background checks that are done every year, the the government would have to have... I don't know what's bigger than some it. facility out in Salt Lake, Utah. Well, I was no, say, they wouldn't build a thing like that, Carson. <laughs> I, no. I don't know what's bigger than it um, than terabytes, but you know, bigabytes. Um, that's Italian, bigabytes. Bigabytes. Uh, you know, they'd have to have a tremendous storage facility to keep all the information. And Probably wouldn't be any bigger than Google Maps. Well, that's you know, yeah. It's I'm not saying it can't be done. And Microsoft had a Terra server back in the '90s, so right. Uh, terabytes are cheap now oh yeah so yeah. here's here's question 11e off of uh a current 4473 are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant stimulant narcotic drug or any other controlled substance warning the use or possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law regardless of whether it has been legalized or de- decriminalized for medical or recreational purposes in the state where you reside. Oh, wow. They've updated the question. Yep. They're on top of this. Yeah. They're not yeah. letting anything... It's, it's, you know, it's, um, it's just not going to be that long uh, before the federal government gives up on this uh, war on marijuana. You it's, would think. It's going to happen. Almost half the states have some form of legalization, either medical, recreational, or both. Okay. I I think it's up to 32 states, 32 or 37. I mean, the, that, that sounds about it's, right. It's really getting, it's, it's going. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran. I, I go for treatment occasionally at the VA hospital in Columbia. I know guys through the American Legion post I belong to here in Columbia. And I know there are a lot of veterans who have, I absolutely believe, legitimate need of medical marijuana for PTSD and that it works for them. And I I can't argue with that. Well, I found this strange. So I was talking with somebody and before we decriminalized it here in Missouri, the Children's Hospital in St. Louis was prescribing this to children. I mean, it was it was like a last chance. Not to chance. burn it. A last chance. I don't know how it was being ingested. Well, I think, if I recall correctly, when Caleb Jones 
was a state rep in District 50 before Sarah Walsh. He got a bill passed to legalize the use of, of uh, like marijuana oil, kind of like CBD oil. And okay. that was a couple of years ago. And then after that, they subsequently passed medical marijuana, like that you could actually grow, smoke, put in a brownie, whatever. But there was some kind of uh, marijuana extract that I, I, you know, I, my memory tells me Caleb Jones, I think, got that through several years ago. And, and that may be what they were doing. And, and that was the, the bill was, you know, this is a last chance remedy for children who have, you know, intractable pain or untreatable problems with, I don't know, Parkinson's, MS, whatever. My first wife's mother had cancer. She had liver cancer, and very few people uh, survived that. She did. And uh, she was getting nauseous on the chemotherapy. Her other daughter um, was a police officer in Cleveland. And she is the one who got her mother the marijuana. And it alleviated all of that nausea. I, you know, and I knew both of these women very well. Uh, I know her mother, who uh, was not, you know, a, an abuser of drugs. She wasn't a hippie out there getting stoned. Right. Um, she was a responsible mother. If she said it worked to alleviate the nausea and that nothing else did, I believe her. Sure. And I don't see where the federal government or you and I could, should have been able to stop her from getting that relief. I similar similarly think the federal government needs to get rid of this law uh, nationwide. And we need to stop this prohibition on the Second Amendment if you have, uh, if you're smoking pot or you, I mean, it would be pathetic to say, do you drink alcohol? Because if you drink alcohol, you can't have a gun. Well, and that's so, where my, that's where my only concern with this is, is they treat alcoholism as a disease now. So if you have an, a person, your employee who is an alcoholic, you can't just up and fire them because they're an alcoholic because they're a protected class. If I don't want to employ people who are habitual users of marijuana, where are my rights to not employ those people? Are they going to get protected statuses like alcoholics? Well, they shouldn't. It's not. Well, they shouldn't. You know, I don't think alcoholics should have a protected class. Well, I agree. There's, there is but no. There should be no such thing. If as I'm a compelled class. to retain a, a narcotics user in my employee, what does that do to my business? Well, well and and on the narcotic, I have a really bad back injury that I got when I was in the military. It's plagued me all my life. And there was a time when my doctor would just routinely write me a script for oxycodone. They give me a hundred of them at a, yeah, oh, oxycodone. They give me a bottle a hundred at a time, and I didn't take them. I mean, that much. They anyway. But the, the under the law's eyes, that's okay. You can take oxycodone. You can get a concealed carry permit. You can shoot guns. That's all right. Uh, you can take, you know, antidepressants or whatever other kind of narcotic, scheduled narcotic drugs. But heaven help you if you use marijuana. It, that's illegal. All the other ones are legal if you got a prescription, um, which, you know. You know, the libertarians, of which I am one, have been arguing to repeal this probably since uh, 1972. Literally when the parties. Probably, yeah. Longer, longer yeah. than I've been alive. I really am. You're yes, getting on my yes, nerves, Congress. You're getting on my nerves. <laughs> my gosh. Jesus, we're working with kids. I know, I know. But, but <laughs> you know, and everybody thought that, well, what a, you're a bunch of crazy hippies. Um, you just want to get stoned. 
and and you know libertarians were the enemy. Well, now, and it's taken this long, uh, half a century roughly, to to turn it around, and now it's happening. Uh, we but but isn't the war on drugs working? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's been an abysmal failure. Yeah, uh, just like the war on alcohol was, uh, and, yeah, and prohibition. Yeah, and and we continue to. Well, uh, it's a money maker, is what it is. The war on drugs. Yeah, yeah, for law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's just like the NRA sending me a, a boy who cried wolf letter every couple of weeks for a donation. Yeah, did you do? Did you get the backpack or did you go for the uh, pocket knife? I, I choose not to take. Um, any of the, any of the cheap Chinese trinkets they want to bribe me with? Really? Yeah. So that's you, just a waste of money for me. I'm not going to use that stuff. Well, you could give. I buy to U.S. Me. made knives. You can, you can give the stuff to me. I'll, I'll take the backpack. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Re up and then tell me you want the backpack. Well, I'm, and, I'm a life member, but they they give you trinkets for donating in addition to your life membership, and I yeah I, I tell them to keep them. Oh. Now I I don't I did not become a life member. I did it on purpose. Uh, because when they do things like say, go ahead, look into that bump stock ban, I think, nah, not this year. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, but it's what we have to work, it's one of the agencies we have to work with, and I'll tell I, su you I support them, I support the GOA. That's what I was going to just say. Uh, Gun Owners of America, and what is the Jewish group? Um, uh, JPFO. Yeah, Jews for the Preservation Although of Firearms their, Ownership. their footprint has really diminished over the last 10 years, 20 years. Yep. Because they used to be, they used to have a fairly heavy presence here. I in think the head guy Columbia. died. Is that what happened? And it didn't. That's it hasn't carried on as well. But and you could see the logic in Jews for the preservation of firearm ownership. Oh, after and, World War Two, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, forty-seven minutes after the hour. Back to wrap it up. Gary on guns, ninety-three nine Eagle. Fifty-two minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, Garson is in from Grabs. He brought in this. Uh, I thought of it as a kind of a mini survival kit. It's just like an emergency kit that you could you could keep in your car or on your nightstand. Um, it comes in a case like you might find for a laptop computer, maybe a little bit bigger. You're not a la yeah, a laptop. What what? Why are you yeah. looking? What? I was letting you. He's looking thing. at me in that tone of voice like I was making a mistake, yeah, and I thought kids these days. I'm telling you, I, I think he's just mad because the donuts aren't in the room anymore. <laughs> Fat pills. All right. Uh, but in it is uh, band-aids, blankets, flashlights, uh, waterproof pad, uh, 357. Uh, it's got a knife, a flint uh, for a starting a fire. It's got uh, a whistle and a lock and a notepad. I said and the notepad. Oh, I got did, that. Okay. And, and all that for signal mirror. Uh, uh, yeah, I forgot the signal mirror. <laughs> all that for like what? 700 bucks. Is it 700? That's not a bad deal. Uh, and and uh, that will be at Graf's. A little later this morning. 40 minutes? 40 minutes or so. Oh, wait, it's only, yeah, it's 50 minutes, sorry. Well, yeah, because we still got 10 minutes to the to the end of the program. You, you, unless you want to leave with it now, but but I think they'll wait. No, I'm fine. But okay. I'm not, I'm not driving that big old beast you're driving, so. <laughs> this isn't a big old beast, it's just a beast. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Hemi powered It's a beast. Hemi, like the commercial says. Yeah. Ah, I like that car. I really do. I don't, I don't think I've ever owned a car as long as I've owned this one. I've always... Yeah. I, usually I lease, and in three years I dump out, or I get bored with a car in a couple of years, and I, I sell it. And, what about uh, your boat? How long have you had your boat? I don't have a boat. You're convertible. Oh, the Cadillac. Yeah. The, the Eldowallo. 
Uh, Elder Wallow. <laughs> yeah. We had a contest with listeners. <laughs> Where's Wallow? Um, uh, we, um, or Eldo, I kept that for about a year and a year and a half. Uh, but I'd be driving back and forth to Cleveland and Pittsburgh with Gwen in the car, and Gwen had cancer at, at one point. We were—I just didn't want to take these long trips. Oh, in I a thought car. you still had that. No, I, I, oh, okay. I, I sold that uh, because if it breaks down on the side of the road, you need a, a you know a front bearing for a '76 Cadillac Eldorado. It's like not going to be at every parts store. Yep. So I sold I sold it in 2014, ah. May of 2014, uh, and then uh, went out and bought the Dodge. It was a fun car though. <laughs> I mean that was that was the Queen Mary, and I uh, the car was uh, I took it over to Perry Legend right down the street here. I know Bill Rajewski is a great guy, and they stripped that car down to bare metal. Took off the doors, took off the hood, the trunk, Fra- frame off. Didn't take the frame. wasn't a frame off. It was a frame on, and they painted it a red, dark red metallic. I saw the pictures of that. That's oh. why I thought you still had it. Man, that car was beautiful. Just with the white top. Oh, that would be sweet. Oh God. Put the boot down on uh, on that thing and then just cruise. I do I do miss it. You know what? It's amazing. <laughs> it's like five hundred and ten cubic inches and like hundred and fifty horsepower. Because back in the in the mid seventies, uh, because of government regulations, they were detuning all those engines. That that engine at its peak probably could have cranked out an easy four hundred four hundred and fifty oh, sure. uh, horsepower and a similar amount of torque. But uh, at 150 horsepower and all that engine, uh, that was really some bad mileage. Still want to aim at that horsepower per square inch. <laughs> yeah, something something better than that. Did you guys see the new Corvette come out? Uh, yeah, mid-engine. That is awesome. Did you see the price on that thing? Uh, no. I, under your, 60 grand. That's going to be amazing. That is really amazing. Zero but, to 60 in under three seconds. Remember the old third-gen prototype mid-engine they had? Yes. That was a beautiful car, too. I wish they'd made that one. I think they built three uh, mid-engine prototypes, and GM killed every one of them. Yeah. Well, they did another one in the 90s that was not as good-looking, but it looked like a Ford Probe. Argus Duntoff, uh, who is arguably the father of of, uh, Corvette engineering, wanted to do this, I think, as early as 1961 or 62. And GM kept, they would come right up to to the edge and then say, no, we can't do it, and pull back. So the the fact that they did it um, is huge. Sure. Uh, I've got uh, a, a a buddy of mine that I mean, works. Ford had, Ford had their GT40. Yeah, this thing. I'm telling you, if you're a Ferrari, uh, if you're a Ferrari lover, you might want to look at this instead of the Ferrari, uh, because it has the looks, has that mid-engine handling. Uh, you're never going to have to worry about understeer again. Um, it's. It's there. And they're going to come out with higher performance versions of that engine. That's a normally aspirated engine uh, taking you 0 to 60 in under 3 yeah, seconds. That's, that's Wait till they put a blower on that yeah. thing. Wait till they do the ZR1 package. Yeah. And then it's going to be, uh, it's going to be terrifyingly good. <laughs> All right. So much for Gary on cars. <laughs> but it was worth talking about. I had, um, uh, do you ever watch Meekum Auto Auctions? Oh, yeah. All right. So Bill Stevens, a friend of mine. And I called Bill, and he said, uh, "No, nah, you want Dave? Uh, what's his name, Brian? Um, who's the guy that sits at the at the desk when they do that?" Uh, Talking about John, John Clayman, uh, Clayman. Yeah, so we got Clayman on the show yesterday. He was at the reveal. 
Was he the one talking about the fear that the the price on these new ones would depress the price on current ones because it sort of undercuts them? Well, what happens is people didn't want to buy this year's 2019 Corvette right? because they knew this mid-engine Corvette was coming out. So they got this huge supply of these uh, 2019s that are in the dealership uh, parking lots, Hmm. and they got to move them. And they're not a bad car. Yeah, that's what I heard. I was I it's, heard it's, that part of the show. It's a good-looking car, and it's a beast itself. Yeah. So I see both of these being collectible because it's going to be the last, you know, front-engine vet. So people are going to buy a bunch of those in Mothbomb. And then... Nah. Bet- you know what? You know that 76 Eldorado we were talking about? Yeah. That was supposed to be the last convertible made. People bought them. They stored them right. for decades. But people are going to buy these new mid-engine ones in Mothbomb and never drive them because it's the first one. And yeah. I, I never saw the logic of that. I, yeah, I've seen these guys. They'll roll them up on the hey, on the thing. And it's it's a better investment than you can get at a stock market or in a bank account. So why not? I don't know about that. Besides that, if have I have seen collectible watch prices, if I had first, if I had an exotic car that handled that well and did all those things, I could look at it longingly and lovingly for only so long before I had to jump in there. I'm and talking drive about it. the guys that can buy one to exactly. drive and buy one to mothball. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, some. It, it it depends on the numbers made, the numbers purchased. That's what I'm saying. It's going it's to be a hard car to get for three or four years. Yeah, and that's where the dealerships, in many cases, are going to say, hey, the, the demand is Make up, and I, I'll go above MSRP and, you bet. And, uh, and really take home a chunk. And there are people who will pay it, too. Undoubtedly. going to be good. All right, now we really are through uh, with <laughs> Gary on Cars, and we're back to Gary on Cuns. Uh, stop autographs. They got all the reloading supplies you could possibly want. They got all the ammo you could possibly want. They've got targets and concealed carry holsters, handguns, rifles, archery. There's virtually nothing you guys don't carry out there. And they've got Garson, just about. Well, no one's perfect. <laughs> but uh, actually, they won't see you because you're uh, you're in the back. Yeah, I'm somewhere. in the back doing export stuff. Yeah, so uh, you don't you don't have to. Le- put- at least you got my name right. I'll show. Sean, relax. We'll be oh, fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Guys, thanks for stopping in this morning. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby, honey. I'm coming home.